Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the fourth annual collection of 31 amazing horror movies in October we lovingly call the Halloween Screamathon. I am your host, Otis, and this is episode two of this awesome show. And I am joined today by Katie. Hi. And Emma. What's up? And we are reviewing The Black Phone. Never talk to strangers. It's a tagline and a way you should live, children. Correct. And adults. Should yeah. Be ex- except to- if you're ordering food or hopping in the cars for a ride. But don't talk to strangers any other time. <laughs> <laughs> Hit that music. Happy Spookies, everyone. We are back. So this is episode two, like I said before, and we are reviewing The Black Phone. So this is a, I thought it came out in 20. It came out this year. Yeah. So we are reviewing a 2021 supernatural horror film directed by Scott Derrickson. That name doesn't mean anything to me, Otis. Well, it's the same director of Sinister and the first Doctor Strange movie. and he was the original director for dr strange in the multiverse of madness but then he left that situation because of issues they won't say what and then sam raimi popped in so i thought that was pretty cool so i mean this guy can come up with a pretty spooky movie or he can direct a pretty spooky movie yeah he did haunting of emily rose yeah or the exorcism of emily rose so he's got an eye for it but that's fine. Yeah, they got somebody that's just as creepy. So the cool thing about the black phone, if you didn't look into it, it's a short story. Short story by who it is. Why are you so excited? It is a short story by Joe Hill. The same Joe Hill, whose father is Stephen King. <laughs> so Joe Hill, in his own right, is an amazing writer. And he's come up with Tons of movies that have, or tons of novels that have turned into movies, like Horns, that we did the second or third Halloween Screamathon. That's the one with Daniel Radcliffe when he had the horns, and people had to tell the truth when he was when they were around him with his horns. It was the good. second one, yeah. And he was looking for his uh, girlfriend's murder. It's a good story. Uh, Nosferatu. That's a TV show with. I just remember his name. He's Siler from Heroes, and he was Spock in the new Star Trek movies. Zachary Quinto. Thank you. <laughs> and That's he, the only reason I'm here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Fill in the gaps. <laughs> name celebrities that Otis can't remember. And he made the comic book series Lock and Key. So that's a show on Netflix right now. And I've been so told. Good. Yeah, I've been told by so tons good. of people it's fucking worth it. And it really is, though. <laughs> yeah, apparently the comic is crazy graphic, and they toned it down because it'd been wild ride for kids. Don't so. they always? Yeah. <laughs> the Netflix show is a wild ride, and it's toned down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this was actually a short story. So just like his pop, short stories turn into movies. Damn, that was pretty damn good, Joe. Good job. But this is the same story. So if you don't know anything about Black Phone, obviously it's a new story, but. It is about an abducted teenager that uses 
a black phone, a rotary phone. So back in the day, kids, you couldn't just press buttons to dial. You had to use a rotary phone. It took forever. So if you were getting chased by somebody, you had to put in, if I had to put in Katie's phone number, the thing would get me. They don't even get to press buttons anymore. They have flat touch screens. Oh, yeah. Hey, phone, call Katie. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, yeah. back in the day, <laughs> dialing people's numbers was scary <laughs> if you were in trouble. It took forever. Hey, call Katie. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. Three minutes later. Hey, and, it, and it clicks as it yeah. rotates. <laughs> no way of being sneaky about that. Yeah. So he's using a rotary phone that's not plugged in, but it still rings. And he is talking to the previous victims of his kidnapper. He's a serial killer. Uh, it's a great story. Just when I watched the trailer, I was like, dang, that's pretty uh, pretty Stephen Kingy." And then I was like, written by Joe Hill. I was like, oh, it is Stephen Kingy." <laughs> <laughs> well, adjacent. But I'd like to think that he's, they probably talked about stories. He's like, oh, what about what about if this happened? He's like, oh, that's a good one. So I would, if if my dad was like a famous creator of things, I would talk to him and kind of spitball ideas and be like, I'm using my ideas and make a couple million dollars. I'll be right back. So, uh, yeah. So, Katie, what did you think about the black phone? Two thumbs way up. This is a great movie. It has definite rewatchability, um, which is kind of rare for a horror movie because you watch it and then it's like, oh, well, I already know all the things that are coming. Uh, But this one was less like scare you out of your socks scary and more like suspenseful thrillery. And I really, really like this movie. Emma. I would have to agree. Um, This is a banger. It's so good. Uh, It just, like Katie said, it is rewatchable. It's just one of those films that kind of really creeps you out and gets under your skin because you know this kind of shit happens and it used to happen a lot more, like the timeline that it's set in. And it's just terrifying to think about people that would do anything to another person let alone a freaking child so yeah no it's great it's a phenomenal movie it got me for sure yeah the thumbs up it's it's got just about everything i want from a story just like i always say if the supporting characters pull me in the main character can be meh and i'll be fine the villain was great the supporting the ghosts that pop up they were very interesting this movie is very much a i wanted more mm-hmm. and it made me mad because it, there was enough there of every character and i just wanted a little bit more the, hell the villain i want more of the villain yeah <laughs> and not in a bad way either we've seen scary movies where you don't get enough of the villain I'm like god damn it come on just give me like five more minutes it was great he was in a ton of scenes it's just i I just wanted to know more about the killer which is a great thing so if this was a book i'd be like i want the next book please make another black phone book so it's great man and a cool fun fact ethan hawk apparently he had a uh a rule that he wouldn't play a villain in any story (laughs) And apparently when he was checking out this script and stuff, he's like, that's pretty cool. And then he was in Moon Knight. <laughs> yeah. Well, Moon Knight and this kind of all at the same time. Helped yeah. help the, the helped along the way. But then he did this, he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna have to like change that because this is 
this is fun. I'm like, yeah, dude, being a villain's fun. You can do anything, you know? So it it's awesome. But the one fun fact that I had, the mask that Ethan Hawke's character, the grabber, has, it has uh, horns. It's like a devil face, but then the mouth interchanges. So it's like a big smile, a frown. I want to say there was another mouth. There was one that didn't have a mouth at all. Mouth at all. Yeah. yeah. I was very curious about the mask because I've seen someone in wrestling with almost the same type of situation. Yes. So if you're no wrestling and I'm going to tell the la- the girls here, ladies, sorry. I'm going to tell the ladies here to Google the fiend WWE. He's not there anymore, but his mask, it looks like skin stretched over his face, but he has a smile and it's a lot like this smile. And I was like, damn, that looks familiar. The same person made that mask and made the mask for this movie. And Tom Savini was the person that made the mask. Tom Savini, that sounds familiar. Yeah, that's fucking Sex Machine. (laughs) Our boy Sex Machine (laughs) makes, still does stuff. I mean, he's not making full movie CG anymore, you know, practical effects, but He's got enough time to work on masks for people, which I think is absolutely amazing. Um, Damn. So I, it blew my mind and it, I, it just adds to it. I'm like, why is he wearing a mask? <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's so many questions there, but it's, it's the right type of awesomeness. I love this story. And like I said, it feels like a Stephen King story. Honestly, uh, there, there are nods to uh, intervention, divine intervention there. And then there's nods to, Am I actually getting help here? Or are you are you helping or are you not helping me? In tons of Stephen King stories, God is honestly a fucking side character in the story. And it's like, it's always a kid. And kid's like, please, God, help me with this. And God's like, yeah, you're right. I mean, y'all are getting terrorized by giant monsters. Y'all help you out right now. I'm like, thank you, God. And then something happens. But just like in this story, I mm, I love this. It's on Peacock. That's where you can find it it's for free unless you don't have peacock but i don't know five dollars bro yeah (laughs) and you can watch wrestling too it it's worth it it's worth your time it's a blumhouse film so you know how we feel about blumhouse we watch a fuck ton of their movies and it has a really cool new blumhouse intro yeah it's adding and changing their intro for movies and this one's like extended yeah, like the newer one is fucking extended. Like it starts in a forest with like a slasher in the forest. And the stuff in the background were actually nods to the movies that they've done. Yeah. Because that one face that lit up, that was from The Purge. Yeah, and it's I think, fucking cool. I want to say the bathtub. Did they do A Quiet Place? Blumhouse? Can't remember. There was someone laying in a tub and I was like, is that Quiet Place tub? But anyway, Blumhouse, man. They're awesome. A24. There's these companies that are like, we like scary movies and we like showing them off. So we don't care who knows. Yeah. <laughs> what that cunt hole Steve? Was that what it was? I gotta listen to that song yes. again. So yeah, please, please give this movie a shot. It's it's fun fun. So we'll get through this story. Uh it's this one is in the 70s, late 70s. Not really a super period piece, but it's got that feel to it. I'm surprised they didn't have a ton of music in it. I did. Yeah. I noticed the music a lot. Not as heavy as I thought it would be. Because the second one, it's like, oh, is this in modern time? Oh, it was like the 60s? Oh, yeah, we're about to get some fucking music. Every five seconds going to be a new song. I felt like there was a lot of music in this. 
1978, in a Denver suburb, I'm surprised that uh, Joe didn't put this closer. I mean, Colorado's not crazy far. Yeah, it is. Well, from Boulder. So, you know who lived in Boulder before they moved? The family from The Shining. So, close enough. There's a little bit of nods, but I'm curious that he didn't have this just in mind. Just like, just not, just nudge it over there. But that's his dad's place, so he's probably got it in different places and stuff. So, But in a Denver suburb, there is a child abductor, a serial child abductor, and probably killer. You know, no one wants to say it. But he is nicknamed the Grabber, and he is just snatching kids up. I think at the beginning of the movie, he has snatched up two kids? Yeah. From the absolute beginning of the movie. He's grabbed yeah. two kids by then. So the movie starts at a baseball game. And the main character, Finny, I thought that was his nickname name. I thought it was Finn, and everybody just called him Finny. His name is Finny. So it's still pretty cool. Uh, Finny, he's a pitch- I feel like his real name is probably Phineas, and they yeah. just, like, don't want to. Yeah. Like, that's even worse. Like Finland. Like, you get your ass kicked. <laughs> your name was Phineas in 1978. Yeah. I mean, he was getting his ass kicked anyways. But- yeah. Phineas, where's Ferb? Which didn't what? make any sense. <laughs> that for sure wouldn't what? make any sense. Well, that's why he said what? what? <laughs> and then he got beat up. Yeah. Where's Perry at? What? Who's Perry? And he gets beat up. So uh, he's at a baseball game. He's a pitcher for his little, team. Little league team. And he's got a hot arm. He's yeah. striking people the fuck out. So he's got the heat. Uh, last guy comes up, the big, lanky, lanky ass kid. And he gets two two strikes on him. He's like, this is it, man. Last pitch. I got this. And the kid just cracks out a home run off his pitch. And the kid comes up and tells him, he's like, you got a sweet arm, dude. Like, yeah. like good good job, dude. But I won. So I'm yeah, you, al- you almost had me there. Yeah, you almost had me, bro. But. <laughs> sweet arm. And he runs off. There's a reason that they kept the camera on this kid for a little bit. We'll find out later. So finn and his sister gwen they live close by and their father is a, another trope in king in a king world's shitty parents this one's abusive and alcoholic so that's another par for the course in 1978 yeah you write about that too yeah. they don't explain why at first why he is so so drunky and and, and punchy a little bit later we find out but he is not a good person and it's that kind of scary dad that they can't make noises. Finn's eating cereal and slurping. Not even that loud, but still slurping. And a dad's like, you want to quit that shit? And he's like, oh, my bad. And then. Sorry, sir. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, my bad. Daughter sir. comes in and like opens up like a bread container and it slams just a little bit. And he's looking at her crazy. I'm like, God damn. They just got to stay quiet in the house. This fucking sucks. I mean, the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> oh. At school, Finn, Finny, Finny is just constantly getting bullied by kids. And actually, as they're walking to school, they see, I don't think he was new. He was just a kid at the school. Newer. Yeah. And uh, he's whooping the absolute fuck out of the bully. The big bully. Of yeah. the school. And it's funny, you know, the bullies, you know, yelling racial stuff at him because he's, he's a, you know, Latino kid. And the kid's like, okay, well, come on, let's go. And whoops this dude's ass. That that kid was like a grown-ass man. The kid had a full foot on him. <laughs> yeah, he did. Sure. Absolute beat this kid's ass. And he gets him down to the ground, and he just keeps socking him, socking him, socking <laughs> him. I was like, look at him. Yeah, he was whooping that kid's ass. 
uh, Robin is his name. So uh, Robin's absolutely whipping his ass. And we find out that Finney and Robin, they're actually friends because Finney helps him out with homework because his teachers, they talk too fast. And he's like, I don't get it all, but you explain it better than them. And Robin comes into the restroom as Finn's kind of speed walking away from his own bullies. And the bully's like, there he is. Let's get him. We have nothing better to do with our lives. Let's kick his ass. And they meet him in the restroom and they're about to beat him up three on one kind of shit. Which like, when in your life have you ever seen a redheaded bully? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's for damn sure like, though. You know that that ginger kid was for sure getting bullied himself before he was like, you know what? I'm just going to beat up Finny and it'll be fine. Vicious cycle, That's man. 100%. It is. Well, yeah, everyone's getting beat by their fucking parents. They got to take all their rage out on somebody else because they can't hit their own parents. If I'm getting bullied. I'm going to bully you harder. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why America is how it is today. <laughs> Too many bullies. Dun, da, da, da. Too many shitty ass parents from like the 40s. Correct. That's why you stop a bully. Beat the fuck out of them. Just like Robin did. Beat the fuck out of their parents so they have no reason to be a bully anymore. Well, Robin ain't tall enough to beat up parents. Not yet. <laughs> I don't know. He beat up that grown-ass kid. <laughs> yeah. Robin yeah, could take, take some adult size. He could probably take down that kid's parents. Well, later on, we find out he didn't beat up an adult. So, <laughs> But no, uh, Robin tells Finney because he walks into the restroom cleaning off his fist. He's like, man... Hands are so bloody from beating that guy up earlier. His teeth are so sharp. Oh, what were y'all doing with my buddy Finn here? Were y'all about to beat him up? Yeah, y'all should get the fuck out of here. And if you mess with him, I'm going to mess with you. And they're like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and they my, leave. my bad, sir. My bad. Yeah, they leave the room. And Robin tells him, like, dude, sooner or later, you got to stand up for yourself, man. It's like, it's fun. You got people that like to fight and beat up people around you. But one day you're gonna have to do this yourself. And he's like, nah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. You like punching. I'll let, let you let that be your thing. <laughs> I thought it was really odd that this that Finn, who is like the pitcher of his baseball team, was getting bullied. It was yeah. very weird. Like normally the sports kids don't get their ass kicked. Yeah, they're normally the ones the kids that everyone like, else's yeah. ass. It's, it was weird. It was interesting in this movie, the little flip they did there. That was a weird trope flip that the dumbass kids were the ones beating them up. So I have a theory in my head, a little head cannon. I think a little bit later, we learn that that Finney and his sister kind of have gifts. I think he's probably had some weird moments happen in front of people. And the kids are like, he's weird. See, my justification for it was that those bullies that were bullying him were from his baseball team and were bullying him because he lost. Oh, that's because he threw that because he <laughs> fucking made that kid or that kid hit a home run off of him and they lost the game. That fucking blows. Yeah, well, sounds accurate. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So around this time, we see that same. Actually, do we see the baseball kid get grabbed? Mm-hmm. Yes. So the baseball kid, uh, he sees this guy. Actually, oh. That's what it was. He was riding his bike, and then you see a van come around the corner. He blocks his way. And then the scene fades. Yeah. And so we're like, oh. But we've, <laughs> but we've already kind of heard reports about a black van mm-hmm. being suspicious in yes. this neighborhood. So Gwen, his little sister, she's been having dreams, and she knows that her dreams are usually real right. things. Like, things happen from her dreams. And when they're talking about Bruce being missing, she's like, 
oh, he's like, oh, you think they'll find him? It's like, not the way that they want to find him. And he, he's like, that was ominous as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. So she has a dream about the kidnapping and she sees the mask in the van. So the detectives, Wright and Miller, they actually come to the school and they talk to Gwen and they ask her questions like, hey, um, you said something about black balloons. We never released that information. How did you know? Yeah, we didn't release that info. How did you learn this little child? She's like, well, you know, either my dreams are weird and I can figure things out or I'm the killer. And they're like, okay, okay. You don't have to make fun of us, little girl. <laughs> right. Clearly, this little nine-year-old is not the fucking killer, 10-year-old. And she says that. She's like, yeah, Bruce is big as fuck. Yeah, I whipped his ass and, and got him. Idiots, you fucking idiots. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, please stop yelling at us, little girl. <laughs> so she tells him, she's like, my, I get stuff in my dreams. You know, I don't know what else it is, but. Yeah, I see stuff in my dreams and usually they're right. So she has like premonition dreams. Yeah. Around this point, we see badass Robin just walking, getting ready to punch somebody, probably. Heading on home. Yeah. Walking. Yes, D, you know, walking. Hey, look at that van over there. Someone comes out, it's out of focus. And we see someone come out of the driver's seat. And he's got a cape on. And I think he had his top hat on. Fade mm-hmm. to black. I'm like, God damn it. So, you know. <laughs> He's pretty good. I don't understand how Robin got snatched because he was ready to fight. Uh, later on, there are other kids that love to fight. And I don't know how he snatched those kids up because yeah. they'd have been just kicking and shitting and biting and stuff. So I don't understand that shit. So a little bit later, um, a couple of days go by. And actually, after Robin gets abducted, all of the bullies are like, hey, your guardian angel's gone. Time to be a bully again. I'm like, God damn, really? And Finn gets chased by the bullies and his sister, the real MVP of this fucking movie, Gwen runs up, grabs a big ass rock, cranks that rock on a bully's fucking head. I was like, dang, that's how you kill people, girl. (laughs) I don't, I think he might have died. Like, we didn't, we never get confirmation about this, but he was posted up against that fence, just bleeding from the skull, like, dazed as fuck. He was in Concussion County, fucking ticket. I don't know. Destination fucked, as uh, an Australian YouTuber would say. Yeah, he was fucked up. After this point, like, and you would think the fight would be over at that point because she brained somebody, but no, the other bully comes up, judo flips her and kicks her in the face. Like, God dang, these kids are going for it out here. Right. So Finney gets his ass properly beat, and then he goes back to class that was the beginning of the day so that kid got cranked in the head at the beginning of the day i feel bad for him because he's just bloody anyway he's a bully so fuck it (laughs) uh gwen keeps having dreams and she was in class and she kind of like closed her eyes and stuff so she keeps getting weird freaky deaky dreams and you know like i said she's a conduit of figuring this thing out so ben is on his way home and because on the weekends gwen spends the night at her friend's house which is the best thing to do if you have a drunk, abusive dad. So thumbs up right there, girly. And Finn walks home. Hey, it's that same van. And then, oh, holy shit. Ethan Hawk comes around the corner. His face is made up. So he's like, I don't know, super pale. Yeah, it's really that. pale. Yeah, and he, I think he had glasses on when he first saw him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he put on 
there's a word for it when you're trying to be hidden in plain sight. Uh, it was uh, profilers. They, they learn about this. You put on absurd things. So people want to like, hey, well, did you see the person that grabbed Bella? And it's like, well, they had like, I don't know, that Dr. Seuss hat on. And I can't remember their face because your face gets drawn to the weird shit. Yeah. So that's like a real thing. And it's like, I don't know. He had a fucking cape on like a magician, I guess. Like, do you have a mustache? I don't know, man. Cape and the hat. That's all I saw. Well, fuck. You know, he got away. So it's a real thing. And it's so bothering that he knew how to do that. So he drops his food and he's like, oh, dearie me. Can you help me out with this? And, you know, Finn being a good child reaches down and grabs some things. He's like, you want to see a magic trick? And he had a can in his hand. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And he opens up the back of the van, pulls out some black balloons, puts the balloons like in Finn's face and kind of grabs them with the balloons. So, he, you know, he can't see his body and sprays him straight in the mouth and face. It's bug spray. Just gave him fucking half a can right in his mouth. And I was like, oh, God damn. So, you know, with bug spray, it causes blindness. So he blinded that child. Got him into the back yeah, of the Yeah, that van. was a lot. Yeah, man. Fuck. And takes him to his house. So the grabber, uh, he puts Finn into this basement. And it's soundproof. He tells him, he's like, you scream all you want. No one's going to hear you down here, bud. And there is a disconnected black rotary phone on the wall. And Finn hears it ring and he picks it up. But then the grabber is like, yeah, it's not connected. It, it doesn't it doesn't ring but he says a really cool line and i think there's a little bit more headcanon to it he's like yeah i've heard it ring but i don't um how did he word it because the grabber said that he it used to ring but it doesn't ring anymore it used uh yeah something like that and he can't hear he never hears anything on the other side when he yes. answers it so there's i'll we'll get when we get to the end there's some <clears throat> connecting parallels so uh but later on finn being like well damn i'm gonna die down here the phone rings and he answers it and then holy guacamole it's bruce's ghost so the baseball kid but he can't remember his name and he's like bruce and he's like yeah i don't i don't know that might be my name i don't know but he's like doesn't matter doesn't matter what my name is finn i was trying to dig my way a tunnel out of this basement so continue that man there's a, a couple of tiles you can get up you can dig your way out and he's like thank you and he hangs up the phone so finn starts digging the hole and he gets pretty far but then he realizes he's like fuck this is a lot of work man but he makes a pretty deep hole so the police are searching for finn and it's very unsuccessful because they don't have anything to go off of and it's funny Kay and i were joking about it but you know, the best detective they have on the case is an eight-year-old girl. So, you know, they have to wait till nighttime to get some more clues from her. So, you know, that's, that's all they got. The grabber actually brings Finny food after a while. He tells him, like, I'm, I'm hungry, man. Are you going to give me food? And he's like, yeah, things are complicated. So I would have given you food by now. But things are just weird right now. But here's some food. And he's like, well, did you poison it? You put something in it? He's like, if I was going to poison the food, I wouldn't have put you down here. I just would have killed you. Right. I already captured you. You're already stuck down here. I don't got to poison yeah, you. Yeah, you stuck. Point. You stuck like Chuck, bud. 
So that was a great line. Yeah. So he puts the food down and he leaves, but he leaves the door to the basement unlocked. Finn comes up to the door and he's like, oh, turn up. I'm about to get the fuck out of here. The phone rings. Another boy on the phone. His name is Billy. He tells him, don't go up there. This is a game that the grabber plays. He wants you to go upstairs. So he has a reason to punish you with the belt. And then when he punishes with the belt, then the next step happens. And he's like, well, what's the next step? He's like, you know what the next step is. And he's like, ooh. <laughs> he hangs up the phone. But Finney says, fuck it. I'm still going up there. He heads up to the basement a little bit. And he kind of looks around the corner. And the grabber is sitting just far enough. He can look into the basement or look as you're coming out of the basement with a belt in his hand, sitting in a chair, just waiting. Just just the waiting. He's like, yeah, you're right. I'm going to come back down here. He closes the door. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. So Billy calls again and he tells him, hey, when I was down here, I was taking a cord that was around the room and I stuffed it to hide it. But use that cord and maybe you can get out from the basement window. And so Benny very smartly comes up with this whole situation with like rolled up carpet. But he gets the cord and he pulls out the the fucking window the thing blocking the window slats hooray but now he can't climb back up there to get out it's really far and it's nothing to hang the wire on so now another way of escape is just kind of there so once again Gwen she keeps having dreams about the other kids and she dreams about Billy and Billy was a paper boy so it's cool that he was a paper boy and he had his dog with him. That was actually a real case. A paper boy got abducted and he had his dog with him and they just found the dog and the bike and it was an unsolved case. So they, Damn. they put a nod into the movie. There's actually multiple nods, just like the way the grabber act, the way he works. He's actually three serial killers. So we'll be later. I'll, we'll get into that. So, she talks to her dad and this whole movie, the dad is very upset when they hell, when they talk about emotions or dreams or anything like that, he gets super upset about it. Cause as we learn, Hey Otis, welcome to the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No one talks about their emotions. Yeah. <laughs> We're all bent up. Yeah. So you find out that their mom had the same gift. And well, he said she was touched, which is back in the day. That's a way of saying that. But she had gifts just like Gwen has and Finney to an extent, but she could see things. And then after a while, she was following what the thing said. And I feel she probably misinterpreted something, but she killed herself. And she was like, you know, these weird dreams she had made her kill herself. So I don't want the same thing for you, Gwen. That's why I'm so hard on you guys when you're talking about dreams and shit. Because I don't want you to kill yourself like your mom did. And I was like, oh, okay. So there's reasoning why you're a piece of shit. You're still a piece of shit. But there's reasons. I was like, okay, that's cool, I guess. That's cool, I guess. So Wright and Miller, the two detectives, uh, shitty, shitty cops, uh, they talked to this, like, coked up man named Max. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm just staying with my brother real quick. But I've been working on this case, guys. And the the grabber, he's got to be living pretty close in this neighborhood. 
He's like, I don't have exact addresses or anything yet, but he's pretty damn close because he's grabbing these kids and he's got to get them to his place really fast. And they're like, oh, cool. Uh, if you have, if you find out anything else, just, you know, call us and make sure you clean up all that coke that's on the, the table right there. He's like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes to finish up the coke. <laughs> his reaction, he's like, you idiot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As he's sitting at the table, snorting up some, uh, what, uh, schneef? Yep. Puffing up some schneef. some schneef. Yeah. The camera pans down and goes to the basement. It's the same basement Finney's in. So you're like, oh, shit. He's the brother of the killer. God damn it. So uh, the kid's right there. So the at this point, the grabber asks Finn. He's like, hey, Finney. Uh, hey, child. <laughs> What's your name? Uh, I usually find out the names of the kids that I killed later on, but you're kind of a special case right now. Uh, it's been like three days. Uh, what's your name, bud? And he's like, he said, what, Tracy? Taylor. Taylor. He said Taylor. And he's like, see, I was going to let you go, Finn, but you want to be a little liar. And he throws a newspaper at him. And it's like, yeah, they already put your picture in the newspaper, you old dickhead. He's like, I was going to let you go. <laughs> I'm like, no, you weren't, dickhead. <laughs> So, Finney, he speaks to another victim on the phone, Griffin. And Griffin tells him that the grabber grabbed him on his bike, and he took his combination lock. And so that lock is on the main door to get out. And he's like, you don't have a lot of time, but he's asleep right now. He hasn't been sleeping that good. This is your chance. And it's like, you go for it and he's like okay and he's like i don't know what combination of numbers or what order but i know it's these five digits and he's like it could be like these three or four different combinations he's like i don't know bro <laughs> and he's like well well damn so he creeps up to the main floor and the grabber's sitting in his chair asleep with the mask on he goes to the door and he's just putting in combinations, just praying to the good Lord that he won't make a noise. He gets the door open. The second he clicks that lock off, dog starts barking. The grabber wakes up instantly. Yeah. And Finney is out the door, running down the street, booking it. And grabber hops into his van and fucking hits his ass <laughs> with the van and grabs him, puts a knife to his throat in the bushes. And he's like, if you make a sound... I'm going to gut you in these bushes and strangle you with your intestines. And Finney's like, you're right. <laughs> and stays completely quiet. <laughs> that was a lot, too. Like, you're right, sir. You're right. And then the grabber knocks him the fuck out. He's like, night, night, Finney. And blows him the fuck out. So at this point, Finney is he's pretty torn up, man. Everything he does is just kind of a failure. And he answers the phone again. To hear another victim, but this guy, he, he's a mean old bastard, <laughs> and his name is Vance. And so a little bit later, we see that Vance, he loved him some pinball, and he was the toughest kid in school until he disappeared, and Robin was the toughest kid in school. So Vance just liked to swing on people. And so he told him that there was a storage room connecting to the basement, and he was trying to dig his way out. He was trying to make a hole and dig his way out and so the grabber actually had to spend a lot of money to fix all the shit that he put that he made the holes he made so he tells finney 
if he can make a hole through the wall, he can get through the freezer and he can get the fuck out of here. So Finney spends, I don't know, all day making a hole, a Finney-sized hole. He gets into the freezer. Unfortunately, the freezer's got those old-timey door locks. So fun fact, kids, refrigerators back in the day had these door handles that you had to, like, pull out and up to get the refrigerator open. The reason we don't do that anymore is because kids would get into these refrigerators and the bad boys would close and when you're inside of it, because the people that created these doors assumed that no one would ever get into a fridge. Yep. Mistake number one. And so kids would constantly just run out of air on the inside of these fridges and die. And actually, every time people would throw away fridges and they'd be in like junkyards and stuff, kids would just be dead in them because kids would play around in very dangerous places. Like, hey, look at me. Look at me, I'm a jug of milk. And just be stuck in one and die. So that's why we have the handles we have now, children. So be happy, because apparently just back in the day was wild. It was wild times, man. People just, we were dying left and right. That's for sure. So at this point, Phineas, even more just, just depressed, man. He's got all these ways out that didn't succeed and he's like well it makes sense because these kids died so you know they only got so far in these plans the phone rings one more time it's robin so it's catching up so this is the last kid until finney and robin tells him that dude is like this is it man you remember when i told you you gotta stand up for yourself and fight this is it bro you there's no more waiting you have to fight and he's like, what do I use, man? He's like, okay, the phone receiver? Stuff this bad boy full of dirt. They give it some weight. And then you knock him the fuck out when he gets close. You're like, okay. And he teaches him a sweet-ass, like, little dance, a fight routine, not a dance routine, a fight routine where you lift the phone, hop back, hop forward, hop back, and swing the phone. I was like, dang, that's pretty nice, actually, because you, you, you do a little dance, and they don't know when it's coming, and you hit him. He's like, Okay, dude, this is the last call. No more. This this is it. It's all up to you. And he's like, I'm scared. He's like, yeah, bro, you got to be, <laughs> but you got to win. You got to win. So when she has another dream about well, Vance's abduction, and she's actually in a car with a crazy kid, and she sees the address of the grabber's house. She calls the cops and tells them, hey, I solved the case, you little assholes. And the cops roll up to the house. And so... Max is still working on his side of the case and he realizes, oh my Lord, I'm in the killer's house. And he's his face is like, oh my God, my brother's the killer. He heads down to the basement and sees Finney. And Finney's like, oh my God, call my parents. Please do something. He's like, hey, you want to find out how I figured out the case? He's like, I don't give a shit. Help. <laughs> he pulls the door open a little bit further and it's just like misery. The person that came to save the day dies. <laughs> he takes axe to the head. And I was like, oh my lord. And yeah, that was that was uh that was hefty. Yeah. Uh the grabber, he's very mad that he had to kill his brother. He's like, he was an idiot, but he was my idiot. And I was like, oh, that's a for real sibling word. That's the thing you say about your sibling. Bro, he's dumb as fuck, but he was my dumb fucker. And I'm mad I had to do that. So yeah. Um, I mean, you didn't have to do nothing. Like, right? <laughs> nobody made you kill him. 
oh, you saw things, you gotta die. And I'm like, do I? Do I? <laughs> do I have to die right now? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> so at this point, the cops, they rush into the house. No type of search warrant, but this is 70, so I don't give a shit. And the house is empty. And they're like, what the fuck? They head to the basement. Just, just when the grabber comes down to the basement, he's like, okay, I'm done with this. You're going to suffer for all the shit you put me through. This is weird. I usually don't keep kids longer than like a couple of hours. You've been here for like a week. I don't like it. You're going to die. So Finney runs around the corner and the killer gives chase. The cord that one of the kids had set up, he pulls the cord and he, Finney trips him up and then he stumbles straight into the hole that he made. And the grate that was on the window, he angled it in the bottom of the hole. So the grabber blew out his ankle. Excellent. <laughs> and he's it like three fourths of the way in the hole in pain. And then Finney pulls up the phone. Uh, it's one of my seven words, but I'm not going to say that line. But he knocks him the fuck out with the phone receiver. And he, he's whomping on pretty damn good. And then he twists the cord around his neck, lays on the other side. The phone starts ringing. And he's like, it's for you. He puts the phone receiver to the grabber's head. The grabber starts freaking out. Well, he freaked out before because Finney took his mask off. And he's like, oh, my face. The phone is all the kids telling him the, the few words that they can say. And they're saying, this is over, fucker. You're going to die. And he's like, I can't kill you. So Finney's going to do it for me. And Finney's got a hell of an arm. And he snaps his neck. And Dude, I'm like, that was so impressive. I was like, fuck yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so the detectives, they go into the basement. And you're like, well, Otis, why didn't they see this kid choking out a grown man? Because they were at another house. So the killer, the grabber, buries the kids at this one house but he kills them in another house so finney takes out some meat from the freezer gives it to the grabbers cane corso really cute dogs they're scary looking but they're really cute and heads out of the home does the combination lock and walks out the front door and he sees his sister gwen they were next they were across the street so the grabber Owned two houses. So one that he slept in and one that he buried everybody in. And somebody out there is like, that's really stupid, Otis. Yeah, I want to say, was it was it Dahmer or John Wayne Gacy? Someone buried them. Next door. No, uh, just under their house. Yeah. Dumped the bodies. So it's like, uh, there's some truth to it. Killers I think it just, was Gacy. Yeah. Also in 1978, what, two houses is like a dollar and some sandwiches like <laughs> that's for damn sure of course he could afford two of them how many sandwiches do you have four sold <laughs> <laughs> yeah a handshake to the local four sandwiches mayor. and a handful worth of black balloons Ooh. i'll take it sold sir <laughs> sold here's two houses across the street from each other so gwen and finney yes sound like a damn backwards they meet up and Gwen's like, oh, God, I'm so happy that God helped me find you. And he's like, what? Don't worry about it. And they hug. Hooray. And then the alcoholic dad's like, I'm sorry for being an alcoholic. Hopefully. Hopefully he stops. And hopefully he's not going to tell the kids to stop using their gifts because, boy, howdy, those gifts got those kids alive. Yep. 
and a killer dead. So back at school, everybody's doing the the whisper to like, and you know, Finney's walking like king shit. He's like, yeah, I killed a guy, <laughs> and I'm not going to jail. And he ends up in in his class with his crush, and she sits next to him. She's like, oh, good to see you, Finney. He's like, call me Finn, baby doll. He doesn't say baby doll, but he should have. That was his energy at the time. Yeah, call me Big yeah. Dick Finn. <laughs> Wink. And looks at the camera. But that is The Black Phone. A great movie. So, Katie, who's your favorite character in The Black Phone? So, not really a character, but I absolutely loved the mask in this yes. movie. Um, the different styles of the mask were fucking cool. I loved that it was two different parts that worked together as one because sometimes he just had the top part on sometimes he just had the bottom part on uh sometimes he had the whole thing sometimes the mouth was covered up sometimes it was frowning like that was a fucking great mask and it brought a lot of emotion to an otherwise emotionless serial killer so that was really cool not that i really liked the serial killer necessarily but i really fucking liked the mask Emma. Mine was Finn's character development because from the Finn that it started with to the Finn that we ended with, that was gold. So yeah, I loved Finn with an honorable mention for Gwen. So honorable mention, I feel he's probably going to be somebody's least, but honorable mention to the fucking grabber, man. Mm -hmm. Ethan Hawke is a hoss, man. I love that dude. So like I said, he's based on some real-life serial killers, Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, and Jeffrey Dahmer. So Ted Bundy would use tricks to lure victims to help him to his car. I know he used to hitchhike Ted Bundy because he was a cutie pie, apparently. Yeah, I was like, didn't he just use the fact that he was ruggedly handsome? Yeah, but then other things, women? other things, he's like, oh no, I dropped my Magnum condoms. Can you help me pick them up? Yeah. And then they're in the car and I'm gone. Uh, <laughs> my magnum kind of was for my monster dong <laughs> okay the babysitter yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah uh john wayne gacy would use a belt on his victims and eat them and stuff i mean there was a minute there where the dad was like beating the fuck out of gwen with a belt and i was like "Ooh, is this dad the killer because <laughs> some this dad is brutal right now we don't have to go lie, far. i'm gonna bury you here yeah and then Jeffrey Dahmer, he had one victim actually escape, and then he recaptured him. So, uh, but yeah, honorable mention to the fucking grabber. But I'm gonna go with, I don't know what to call it, just the Finny, the the help. So Finn, you know, he was like, I'm gonna die down here, and the phone ring, and the ghost is the like ghostly entourage. Yeah, and the ghosts are like, Hey, dude, I was digging a hole. Try that. And he's like, Hey, dude. I was trying to climb out that window. Do that. I was making a hole in this wall. Do this and that. Uh, Vance, the one ghost, he's like, thank you for trying to help me. He's like, I don't give a fuck about you. And it's like, oh, okay. I just want to kill him. He's like, this is the principle of it, dude. He's like, we didn't make it. And every time we tried to call the next kid, couldn't hear they us. couldn't hear the phone. You're the first one to pick up. That's why we're helping you. Not really helping you. We just want that dude to die. So... Yeah. And Vance was like the meanest one, but he's like, you got to fucking win because, you know, you, you have to. So I thought that was really cool. It's like a lot of them, they didn't give a fuck. And they're like, 
hey, what's your name? He's like, it doesn't matter. I'm the paper boy, whatever. Do this and get out. And he's like, okay. He's trying to make friends down there. They're like, we don't care, bro. But the ghost entourage, I thought it was the coolest point of this movie because they weren't like happy ghosts. They were like, we fucking got murdered, man. You need to do work. So I thought that was fun. Agreed. Yeah. So Katie, who's your least favorite character? Ooh, that shit ass dad. Yeah, you're right. Yup. You will understand completely if you watch this movie. This dad was an alcoholic. He was abusive as fuck. He took all of his rage about his wife dying out on his kids. And it was just horrific. Like, you know, give it 15 years. If this had taken place 15 years later, like early 90s, those kids would have been removed from the home and put into foster care because he was such a shitty ass dad. Yeah. Um, and they probably would have gotten stuck with a foster parent like Max. Probably, but... <laughs> coked up and stupid. But better, I guess, to have a coked up idiot who doesn't hit you than an alcoholic who does hit you. So, yep. uh, yeah, fuck the dad. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, that scene where he was beating the shit out of Gwen was a lot. Yeah. Um, Emma. I also said the dad... Um... I have an honorable mention for Max's stupidity. (laughs) Like he's literally got all the clues straight up in front of him. And it takes him the entire freaking time to be like, that's my damn house. Yeah. Coke will do that. That's my (laughs) fucking house. But like, no, the dad was just, that was, that was a lot with that whole scene of him literally beating the living shit out of his daughter and that's just i don't care who you are i don't care what time period you're from that that's not it so yeah that was rough otis uh, yeah choo choo shitty dad man is shitty mm-hmm. but usually in and i say it's a stephen king story it's not necessarily it's there but it, it usually in stories like this somebody some parent or some adult figure is going to be shitty and not really helpful and it's up to the kids to take care of the problem that's that's part of the course in stories like this so the second dad was like alcoholic and stupid i was like there's a reason behind it oh the mom was trying to help people and then she got caught up or kind of lost it and she killed herself oh yeah you don't want them doing that even though that could help you find your son and finally he relents and helps the daughter do it because she's like we could find finney because of these powers that you absolutely hate like please and he's like yeah you're right you're right i should do that but no he was poop even though they tried to do some type of a little face turn for him i don't care he was still poop in this movie so let's do seven word synopsis so i got two of them i probably should have like four but they're all gonna be just fucking sweet ass one-liners when he has a phone in his hand so uh, my first one is God. Oh, God, what the fuck? What the fuck? At <laughs> one point in the movie, Gwen is like, what are we doing, God? Are you helping me? Are you not helping me? The, what, what the fuck's happening, man? And then she's like, are you even real? And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. She had a moment. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> then my last one is, ring, ring, bitch. Swing phone at kidnapper. That's what I'd have said. <laughs> yeah, just swing away, Merle. <laughs> <laughs> Banana phone. Do 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 do. Damn. Crank him right in the head, Katie. 
Uh, I only had one because I liked this movie too much. I was way too focused on what was happening. Uh, and it is Pennywise gets beat by the sixth sense. Damn. Yep. So for those of you who have not seen any of these movies, uh, let me explain a little bit. This kidnapper was like Pennywise in that he was fucking kidnapping children to kill them. And the little boy in this movie, Finny, is essentially the kid from The Sixth Sense because he could talk to ghosts and use them to figure out a way to beat Pennywise, the murderer. Hooray! Emma. Yeah. Okay. Fuck that father. I'd have whooped his ass. Yep. <laughs> uh, clank in the fucking head with a rock. Yep. And then <laughs> the quote... Nothing bad is going to happen here. As soon as he said that, I was like, oh, right? No. (laughs) Oh. And then you got ghosts in your phone, bud. (laughs) Piece of cocaine about it. Right? (laughs) There were tons of ghosts in that phone. There were a lot of ghosts in that phone. I have two alliteratives. Daughter dreams dangerous doings. Dreams detail danger. And then soundproof space stores stolen souls secretly slaughtered. Damn. Hell yeah. (laughs) So minority kill count. I have Robin. Yep. What's your second? What's the second one? The baseball kid. Oh, Oh, yeah. That's true. Yamada. That's two. Thank you, Katie. You're welcome. So we are at 228 in a Tito Turtle. Oh, shit. And a phone full of dirt. (laughs) (laughs) So So this movie came out at a festival, actually, September 25th of 2021 and June 24th, 2022 in the United States. So, what do you ladies think the budget for the black phone is? Katie. $15 dues. $15 dues. Emma. $20 dues. $20 dues. The budget was a little bit wiggly, but it was $16 to $18 dues. Nice. And it makes sense. Like right in the middle of what it we, was what? We were both. Yeah. One yeah. one big ass room. A couple of houses, but could just be a one neighborhood, one big house, yeah. and they're walking in the neighborhood. Honestly, yeah, yeah. probably all the house scenes were in, probably in one big house. Yeah, probably one big house with different rooms they were doing it in. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, what do you, what do you ladies think the box office was or is for the Black Fun, Katie? Uh, ninety dollar dues. Ninety. Emma. One hundred dollar dues. One hundred. Uh, at the time of this review, so October 2nd, the box office is $158 dues. So it's uh, it, it made some money. <laughs> God damn. Well, now I want a second one, but like that wouldn't make a lick of sense. Yep. So, so, uh, oh, breaking news, breaking news at Allentown, Allentown News. In June of 2022, the director said that while Joe Hill is protective of the story, as he fucking should be, because his dad was just letting movies go back in the day like it was candy, be protective, but the author actually came up with a wonderful idea for a sequel. If 
the original director of this movie was open to directing it and if it was a, a success. So um, they're they're working on it. So I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped. And uh, he Joe Hill said he was kind of inspired to write a sequel because of the masks and how they came out and how they looked. So yeah, don't be surprised if you see a lot of the grabber masks this Halloween. Yep. Like good. I kind of want to buy a whole set just to hang on our walls. It's they are beautiful. Awesome looking. I would scream if I came into your house, Katie, and I saw that. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I would straight up be like, you know what? I'm good. good. <laughs> so I'll see you guys later. The look of the mask, uh, this whole time I was trying to figure it out. It has an obvious, like, demonic look to it, but it reminded me of Oni masks in just Japanese, like, folklore and stuff, and it's got that look to it in, uh, what was it, Uh, Demon Slayer. If you've seen Demon Slayer, the the first story arc, I'm sorry, I'm getting super nerdy real quick. The first story arc, when he's training, Tanjiro's training, and he has that mask on that the old guy gave him. Kind of like that. That's not really an Oni mask, but it's kind of that whole situation. But it's it's a sweet look, man. I love I love a good scary movie that comes up with something like that. Just like with the Halloween movies, the new ones where the mask is all old and cracked, and they were like, "Woo, we're gonna make some money off of that." It and makes, then it makes me think of Locke from Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the second Halloween movie where it's burnt, and they're like, "Woo, we're gonna make some more money off of these masks because people are gonna buy the, the burnt one. They can yeah. go outside and burn their own. Yeah. But they want the the awesome burnt one that someone else did." So I, this movie's fun. I really like it, and I'm happy that Joe Hill is pumped and he's very protective to the point of if the movie does good. I will give you enough ammunition for a second one. But it has to do good. And they're like, oh, times 10? Shit, okay. <laughs> he probably comes out, he's like, I made three books real quick. <laughs> if this was his dad, he's like, yeah, I made four novels while I was waiting. So he uh-huh. go. So I'm I'm pumped, man. Give me a black phone too. I don't know how it's going to work because he did. Maybe it's a ghost. Maybe Grabber's still grabbing. Maybe it's how he got started. Ooh, give me that. Hey, that will scratch my itch of how the fuck did you get that mask? Yep. The van and the two houses and all the things. Yep. Or where did the phone come from? How is the phone haunted? What? Oh, so. How is the phone working? My headcanon. So the ghosts, that's why they helped Finney so hardcore is because he was the first one to answer the phone and actually talk to him. There are people online that say that their theory is that the grabber could hear the phone, but he said when he was down there, when he was younger, um, the phone stopped ringing. So people think that the the way he works, because if you come out of the basement, you get beat. So people think like, oh, that's probably because of how he was raised and treated when he was a kid. Because serial killers will go back to how they were raised and how things go is how they do their rituals and how they kill. I guess, but the brother would also be super fucked up. Yes, I like the like he's probably a half brother or something. I I don't know. Cause... He seems normal. He's coked up, but he seemed pretty normal. Yeah. And so I'm curious why his brother just has a mask on. And he's killing kids. So, but people think that he can hear the phone. He's probably almost as gifted as Finney. But well, he put the phone to his ear. He could hear the kids. So it's he probably just ignored the phone. Maybe, or the ghost didn't want him to hear them. You're right. So 
there are a lot of head cannons out there. People are trying their best to work this out, but then Joe Hill's like, give my me guess, a little bit. I'll my work guess this would out. be the ghost didn't want him to hear them because he was the killer and they didn't want him to remove the phone because then no one would be able to get their help. Yeah. It, it just feels like there's some type of ritual to it, just the phone. And that's why he left it down there because it's it's useless. But why did he leave it? So there's something to it. So like I said, we'll get more down the road. Does anybody have anything else to say about the black phone? It's really good. Yeah, go check it out. Please, please. I mean, it made its money. You can stop, but but check it out. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one, I, th- I think it's, uh, I think I'm going to have to get a copy of this. It's fun. I want some commentary. Hope Joe Hill's there. He's like, hey, my dad just was in the car with me. So he's here. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> He's bored. He made like 17 novels last week. So he's just, you know, he don't got shit to do. <laughs> so with that, that is the end of this episode. So the, do you have any other cool fun facts about phones and beating kids up? No, that was bad. I'm sorry. You can tweet us that. Alan Tom Frog. <laughs> yes, email it is. Alan Tom Presents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook app. Alan Tom Presents. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know either. Just it's the official stance of Allentown Presents that you don't ever beat up a child. Yes. Unless they're evil. In that case, put it on someone else so you're still not beating up the child. Emma said, dump the evil kid on the doorstep and run away real fast. <laughs> hey, what's wrong with this kid? Oh, his name is Damien. But it's raining. Like, it's okay, give him a bicycle. He'll be fine. Great. <laughs> but... The music listed right now that is flipping the combined effort, flipping the CD anywhere you can listen to them or search for them. They're great. They're really good. Check them out. The Studio Pieces, thank you so much for the artwork. I love it. So I need to ask you for some more. So with that, that is that's episode two. Ah, I love it. I love it. So, um, you know, we got 29 more of these. And like I said, the set list is pretty damn fun. So thank you for listening. And we'll be back tomorrow with another scary movie. Okay, bye guys. Bye! Wait, 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 wait. Oh, don't forget. Now that's spooky.